Okotov, today's stop is stop non testing Baba Kama, as we learned for Achenu Kobe Sishol and the Son of Asar Bashivya. Yesterday's Gemara was discussing the Mishnah that said that if an animal fell in by mistake into somebody's garden and he demolished uh, uh, some of the fruits there, let's call it, some of the fruits, either he fell on top of them or he, uh, he ate them. Uh, if it was an accident, the animal fell in there, you only pay what the hana that the owner of the animal had, meaning he didn't have to serve him lunch. He didn't have to pay for the expensive strawberries, let's say, that he ruined. He only has to pay what it cost, what, uh, what he would have fed him, like uh, animal fodder. However, if the animal went in to the yard, to the garden, the uh, owner of the animal let him in there or allowed him to go in there, and it was a fault of the, of the owner, he has to pay full damages. What are full damages? If you're in a field, big field, and uh, you eat a bunch of strawberries, if you buy the strawberries retail, like they sell them over here, expensive, pay a lot. If it's a whole field, a whole garden of uh, strawberries, and you ate a few, well, what's the difference, right? So that's what the Gemara said. That was yesterday's Gemara that discussed that you figure out what it would be worth 60 times. In other words, if let's say you ate, let's say, uh, I don't know, uh, uh, a kilo of strawberries. You figure out what would it, what would sixty times that cost, and you figure it proportionally. You don't look at the at strawberries at the retail level how much these strawberries would cost. You look at it if a person bought a whole field of strawberries, let's say sixty times much more, discussed different amounts, but we came out that sixty times what you figure it. So that was the discussion yesterday. That's when he did the damage. Now the Gemara here goes on. Gemara discussed different cases uh, at the end of yesterday's stuff. Well, let's say. What he dis, let's say what he destroyed, what the animal destroyed, or if a person destroyed, but let's say he sent his animal in there and destroyed it. And when he destroyed it, they weren't really fully grown. They were just starting to bud or ripen. They weren't really ripe yet. So Rabbi Yosef really had an opinion at the end of yesterday's stop that you figure out based on what it what would be like in the future. What would it be like when they were fully grown? You know, there's two ways to look at it. I damaged your uh, your strawberries. They were just beginning to come out. Yes, but if you would allow them to go out, that would have had full strawberries. You should pay the full amount. That's what Yosef Glili says. Others say, no, just look at it the way it was at that point. So now we're at the Gemara now, Omar, about 10 lines down on the page, on Nun Testament Alps. This is where we left. This is where yesterday's stuff led us off at. Omar said the same concept, that you look at what it would have been worth when they were fully grown, when they were ripe at harvest time. Where do we see this? Rabbi Yisrael Haram, the opinion we just quoted a minute ago. Rabbi Shmuel, the Tanya, we had this Gemara, the first parrot. When a person does damage to somebody else, he has to pay from the best of his field, from the best of his vineyard. So they shall nizik, nizik. Rabbi Shmuel says, you look at the best of the nizik. In other words, the one that was damaged, you did damage to him. You pay according to the best value of land that he has. Now, we're going to discuss that in a minute. Rabbi Kiva says, no. Rabbi Kiva basically says you go according to the best of the masik. Whatever the masik's best is, you pay from that. Obviously, we're not talking about paying more or less in dollar value. Let's say the damage was $100, you got to pay $100 of value, but you pay from the best. Rabbi Kiva says, that you have to cut for damages or damage or, or hegdish, you get from the very best. The more in the first paragraph discussed that. But Rabbi Kiva was talking about from the Mazik's best. Rishmol says the Nizik's best. Now, what do you mean the Nizik's best? Yumar says over there, what do you mean? If I damage his worst stuff, I got to pay his best? 
below What's the case over here? What do you mean? I pay his best. I pay whatever I damage. What do I mean I pay his best? If I he has all kinds, he has good, he has better, average, and worse properties. If I damage his worst, I should pay for the best. Why? If I should pay for his best value. Low where it's talking about Rabbi Baba says it's speaking about where he ate one row, let's say, of uh, fruits or vegetables among many. You don't know if he ate a, a weak one or, or a fat one, meaning if he ate a lousy one or really a good quality one. The Omar that we're telling him, the Gahashta, pay him by according to the best that he has now. Why should you pay the best that he has now? We don't say that. We don't say Kavid Barabin. My time was in Mechabel I did damage to you. You don't know. We don't know. We have all kinds of property. We're not sure if that was a good row or a bad row. So because we're not sure, you can demand that I have to pay for the best row. Why? If you want my money, you want me to pay the best. Again, we're not talking about dollar value. Dollar value is uh, whatever it was, right? Whatever whatever they assess them at. But the question is, do I have to pay according to your best best fruits or not? But if you want me to pay, you better prove it. That's what he means to say. That's what Gemara is here saying. Rabbi Shmuel says, according to the best that would have grown later on, the way it would have been at the time of the harvest. That's what he means to say. That's how he's interpreting it now. So Rabbi Yosef who says you pay not according to its, where it's now, it's, it's in its budding stage or first coming out. The same thing over there. You don't pay necessarily according to the worst, according to the best. You pay according to the way it would have been when it fully grew. grew. I, you, you destroyed it when it was half grown or a quarter grown. You got to pay the way it would have been if I would have let it grow to 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 fruition, to fruition, right? To uh, the way it would have been completed at harvest time. So that's what. So that's the idea that Rabbi and Rishma both say the same idea that you pay not according to the way it is now, but according to the way it would have been. You destroyed it in midstream. Why should you pay only the way the way it costs in midstream? Had you had had you not destroyed it, it would have grown in another month or a few weeks. It would have been fully grown, and I would have had a full fruit. You're paying him. You're paying him with land, but the question land. You're paying him with land, but the question is what? Right. So that's the question. If you're paying him with land, and you say you have to pay him according to the best, right? The question should you pay for my best? So you got to pay. So the question is why should I pay the best? My best. I, I, we're looking out at the Nizik's land. So if we don't know, Rabbi Baravan says, well, we're not sure if I if I destroy which row. Was it a good row or average row or a good or a better row? Or a, was it a, a bad row or an average row or a good row, a real good row? So if we're not sure, why should I, get, why should I pay you the best? In other words, I got to pay according to your best property. If I have property like that, if I have good quality property, actually, why should I pay according to best? Maybe I destroyed an average one or, or a medium or a below average one. So that's what Vita Robinson says. No, we're not saying that. That's not what he means at all. It doesn't mean you pay. It means that you pay what it, you pay what if you, you know what you know what row that is. But when you destroyed it, it was only half grown or a quarter grown. And the point that that's how we're interpreting it now. That according that this interpretation of just like the Rosie says, you pay what its future value would have been. What what Right. So, right. So, no. So, so we're saying. So that's what we're saying. Or are you just paying good property, good property, bad property, good bad? How do you know what you damage? If the, if the if that's the case, you don't know what you damage. I should pay according to the best. Why? You prove that I that I destroy your best, and that's not the case. 
Now he's saying it's not the case. That's not like, not like Rabidi Barabba said, but rather we're talking about where you pay, when you destroyed it, it was only half grown, but you pay according to what it would have been worth later on. That's what he means. Uh, you pay you pay the way it would have been better later on the way it would have grown so here we really do mean according to the value the value changes don't pay because when I destroyed I destroyed your your row and we know what that row that row was only worth fifty dollars because it was half grown if I would sell it now on the market I'd only get fifty dollars but if I would have waited another week or two it was fully grown I'd go out of a hundred dollars that's what means I would have paid the hundred dollars so here according to this interpretation there's a difference of how much how much you actually paying? Are you paying fifty dollars worth? Are you paying hundred dollars worth? We're not talking about the karka itself, according to this interpretation. So this is what this is what Abaya said. Abaya said literally says you pay according to the future value. The same thing is it goes like with the same idea that Rabbi Shmuel says you pay according to his future value. That's how that's his interpretation of Rabbi Shmuel. No, it's it's Baolam, it's it's here now, it's just not fully grown. No, but it's not full. No, but it's here. It's Baolam. It's just not fully grown yet. It's Baolam. It's not fully grown. You, if you don't have land, you pay money in a chanami. Even according to the interpretation that you pay in land, it's only if you have land. If you don't have land, you pay in money. Money is always the best. Money is always the best. You pay in value, the value of the money you have that. But if he can demand, he can demand the karka. He can demand karka. If, if the if the nizik can demand karka, but if you don't have that, you pay in money. Omar or some say, it's also an issue. Some say that money is always the best. You could always, with the money, you could buy cars. So we said before, at the top of the page, Yudah said, when do we say that we figure it out? In other words, when your damage is done, you don't just say, okay, you ate a kilo, uh, your animal destroyed a kilo of strawberries, give me a kilo of strawberries. No, you pay according to what 60 times that word would be worth with the ground, etc. What is, you pay according to the, you figure out it's what sixty times of that would have been worth, and therefore the 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 amount that the masik pays is not the retail value, let's say, of a, a kilo of strawberries, but what would a whole field of strawberries sixty times what he destroyed be worth, and then and then figure out what it's worth less the strawberries that he ate up. So that difference is much smaller than paying full retail value. So uh, that's only if you ate sprouts or shoots, sprouts of, uh, of vines or shoots of figs, meaning not fully grown. They were just in the shoot stage, like in the green stage when they're just shoots. They're not really, uh, you don't see fruits yet. But if it started to bud, that's a smadar means a, a, a fruit that's, uh, that's uh, starting to, uh, just, that just came out, just appeared. You 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 uh, you consider it as if they're ready, fully grown, as if they are grapes ready to harvest. In other words, it's the same idea that you look at what the you destroyed my grapes. Oh, well, you, when I destroyed them, they weren't fully grown. Yeah, but it wait a week, they would have been fully grown. So that's the loss that you caused. So that's what it sounds like. If it's if it starts, smadar means when it first starts growing, then you pay the full value of grapes as if they're fully grown. Amos Seifa. Safe says, Achla Pagim O Bosar. Let's say you ate um, you ate um, figs or uh, unripe grapes. Who the Ronos killed up? If you ate those, and he says, if you ate those already, then you consider them as if it's fully grown. But that's a much later stage. Uh, Smadar is when it first starts budding. You just see the fruit at the very beginning. 
Pagam Bosar is when it's already like half grown. So it's mashma only if it's half grown. From the same size, only if it's half grown, then you consider it as if they're fully grown. You have to pay the full value. But if it just started to grow, then you look at it. How much was the field worth before? And how much is it worth now? Less because you ate that smadar, meaning the difference is much smaller. Omar Venus or Venus is no, it's not a stira. Kroch Batani, wrap it all up together. Meaning, the medjma remembers Manchachalukban. When do you say you figure it according to the value of the field? And it's what your loss is, you didn't really eat up. You, know, you, you don't look at the retail value of the shoots that you ate. You look at how much is, if this was 60 times that, how much would it be worth less because you ate this part? All three of them. But if they started sprouting, the fruit started coming out, whether it's smadar at the beginning, the first blossom of the fruit, or pagan or or uh, bosa, or they're half grown, then then you consider it as if, as if they're fully grown. If that's the case, if Rav Shimon Yehuda, if Yehuda is saying this in the name of Rav Shimon, that he's saying that what? That if it's even smadar, even if it's uh, uh, the grow, the uh, fruit started to grow, you consider it as if it's fully grown, and you pay the whole value of a fully grown fruit, like Rav Shimon said in the Mishnah. Rav Shimon said in the Mishnah, this business about you pay hamtukamasehazika, right? But it tells us mashazika. Shimon based you figure out what a field would be worth, etc. You figure out uh, this value, you know, the the only the damage to a whole field. How much would that be? That's only a small fraction of what the fruits would be worth at the at the market if you if the, the fruits that he actually destroyed. Rav Shimon said, if you if you Rav Shimon said at the end of the mission, we'll see we pass like Rav Shimon. If you ate completed fruits, then you pay the, the full value of the fruits, like the retail value. So Rav Shimon Ben Yehudu says over here, this business that you only pay that you do the estimation of a whole field and deduct only what that little portion of the field that he destroyed would be worth. So the amount that the master could have to pay is much less. That's only if the fruit hasn't sprouted yet. But if the fruit sprouted, even the beginning of sprouting, then you pay the full value of the fruits as if they were fully grown. So if that's the case, that's the same as your Bishua. Bishua at the top of this page, the first line of this page said, by smadar. First, the first words of this page, if he ate, if the animal ate them, when they were just beginning to sprout, Rabbi Shua says, Rono Sakila and they're fully grown grapes ready to harvest. So then Shimon Yuda the same thing with Rabishua. The difference would be you're right. They appear to say the same thing. Because Rabbi Shua both say that if the fruit started coming out at all, even smadar, even at the very beginning, you pay the full value of the fruit. So what's the difference between them? When you leave a fruit too long on the vine or on the tree starts to lose its value, right? Starts to drip and, you know, gets maybe gets infected, you know, gets spoiled. So he says, that's, that's, that's the difference between them. They both agree that if you, if an animal ate, your animal ate somebody's smadar, just beginning ropes, you have to pay the full value of the grapes or the uh, figs or whatever it was, or the dates, as if they were fully grown. So what would be the difference? The difference is probably only, do you take into consideration if they were too long on the, uh, on the, uh, on the, on the, on the on the tree or whatever was on the bush, do you take that into consideration? Rashi says, In other words, you say you know, you say if, if you ate them when they started to grow, you consider it the price, you, you consider them as if they're fully grown at the harvest. Yes, but if you actually left them on the harvest, if you left them all the way till harvest time, they actually diminish a little bit. There's a time when they're full value, and then when you leave them on until harvest, they go down a little bit. Do you take that into consideration? 
One, either of Shimon Yehuda or Yeshua takes that into consideration and deducts a little bit, and uh, the other one doesn't. But we don't know who says what. He just saying since Rabbi Yeshua and Shimon Yehuda seem to say the same thing, what's the difference between them? The differences must be: Do you take into consideration the depreciation for leaving him until full, uh, leaving him on the tree until until uh, uh, until har- until full harvest time? In which case they lose a little bit of that, but we're not sure which one. Do you consider the depreciation of later on or not? Now this gets us into a different topic. Abai Omar, the Simon of Simon. No, I could tell which one. I could tell between Rabbi Yeshua and Rabbi Shimon ben Yehuda. Both of them say that if you ate up the, if he ate the, consumed the, the fruits at the budding stage, you must pay the full value. But one, so what's the difference between them? One must be: Do you take into consideration the slight depreciation that they take, that the uh, fruits take, if you left them on the tree till harvest time? One takes that into consideration, one doesn't. We're not sure who. Abai says, I know who says what. Who's the one who's considered about you take into consideration the depreciation of later on? It's Rabbi Shimon ben Yehuda. He's the one who says you can deduct the later depreciation because he takes this example from a far out case. Where do we see this? Rabbi Shimon Yehuda, the time Rabbi Shimon Yehuda says, listen, Shimonas, listen to this. Ones, you won't like this, right? Ones, you know, when a person rapes a girl, the rapes of Sula, what does he have to pay? 50 shekels knas. But besides that, he also has to pay. He's done damaging damage to a per- when a pe- person damages a person. We've learned that we're going to have it again and again. Nezek Sari, Bushevis, and Boshes. You got to pay for the devaluation. She's worth less on the market before her, her father could have gotten uh, the best boy from Lakewood. Now he's going to get uh, an average boy from some other yeshiva, right? That's worth money, right? Uh, and that's Nezek, or she's worth less on the market. Sar, pain, she suffered pain when she was raped. Right, Nezek Ripui, doctor's bills. She had to go to the, the hospital. Shevas, she was out of work. Boshas, she was shamed. All that has to be paid. Says of Shimon Yuda, Shimon Shemnasa, Onesim, she doesn't have to pay for the tsar. What's the tsar? That he uh, he heard her. Uh, she was a virgin. Why? You don't have to pay that. Eventually, when she would get married, she would lose her virginity there. And then she'd also have that pain. So you don't have to take, you don't have to pay for that pain. Listen, another opinion. We'll see another opinion because, right? The, 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 we'll see the other thing. But, but the, he says that you don't have to pay for pain. What do you mean for the pain of losing her virginity? She would have lost her virginity later on anyway. So the point of it is, well, I know it, it's uh, it's hard to accept this idea. Okay, we'll explain it in a second. Umulo, look to the next line. Umulo. So they said to Shem Ben Yuda, What are you talking about? How do you how do you Compare somebody the pain of being raped, the pain of of uh, of the wedding night uh, when they when she did it for its own. You can't compare that pain to that pain. There might be some discomfort, but it's not the pain of being raped. So he says you can't compare. That's what That's what they answered him right. They said don't compare one pain to another pain. The pain of being raped is much worse than the pain of losing virginity for its own. However, the point though is that Shimon Yuda says. You take into consideration the later loss. In other words, the pain of presumably the pain of being raped is the pain of the tsar. I'm not talking about any physical violence that was done to her before, right? Let's say we we're just looking at the pain of losing her virginity. Uh, he says, "Well, you take that into consideration. She's going to lose her virginity later on anyway, so you have to pay for that." So that same idea, you don't you don't have to take you that you take into consideration the loss that the, the depreciation of the fruits on the tree, so to speak. And if you look at that later depreciation or not. We'll see other cases in a minute. Obviously, 
the rape doesn't sound too good to us, right? Because it's, there's more pain involved in being raped than simply losing a virginity, but that was a discussion. Uh, uh, that's that's another that's another point. He has to marry her also, but 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 so why do you pay her now? But if he he, he um, um, you're right, you're right. So, but the the point is that the uh, the, the money that we're talking here about a Nara, so it goes to her father anyway. I'm not talking about a girl who's over twelve and a half. So the father owns the money anyway, so he has to marry her. But that but the Nezik Sari Bishavsaboshis would presumably go to her father because she's not an adult yet. Any case, uh, that's a good point. Yeah. He has to marry her if it was an Ones. If it was Mafata, he only has to marry her. He either marries her or pays the 50. But in the case of rape, he pays the 50 anyway. And, and he has to marry her. But the 50 goes to the father. In any case, that was the discussion here. So although it doesn't sound, it doesn't feel right, we obviously would go, Amulo, Anadoma, how can you compare, you know, Nivellus Bros and Nivellus Bonus? Sure, there's going to be pain eventually losing her virginity when she gets married, but it's not the same as the pain of being raped. I'm not talking about the emotional pain. That's already, you know, that's that's already uh, the boches and uh, etc. But the physical pain that we can that you can estimate is that the same or not? Jermaine Muda says, oh, that there is pain there. Maybe there's a slight difference, but you can deduct for that. Amr Abaya, Hani Tanoi, these Tanoi, Amr says this idea that you take into consideration later depreciation holds like the Fang Tanoi. They say the same idea. In other words, many times you see the Gemara headed already here twice on this page right, that the this rabbi and this rabbi say the same idea. You share the same uh, concept and apply it in different cases. So um, uh, you apply it in one case. Before we're talking about those cases of damages. Here we're talking about this idea that Shimon Yuda says about the case of the rape and Shimon ben Yudah and Hani where did that other Tanam say that? Omer, in a different case of them, obviously we're talking about damages to people over here as opposed to damages to the field. Um, in a case where the Pusik says that the two men are fighting and one man's hand went and knocked the other guy's pregnant wife and she lost the baby, he has to pay the maid blood. As we've discussed, they had a few blood there. He has to pay the um, the husband, right? She gets paid, the wife gets paid for the pain. Whatever she suffered. The husband, the husband gets the money for the plot. He owns the baby. It's his wife, he owns the baby. So Yossi says, when he pays for the, listen to this, when he pays the husband, right, for the cost of the baby, you know, for the loss of the, of the baby, he can deduct the cost of the midwife because he lost the baby. In other words, when she was going to give birth to the baby, you know, today you'd understand it costs a lot of money to go to the hospital, have a baby and all that, the doctor's bills and all that. That's the midwife cost. He says, well, you want to pay for the midwife anymore. So let's say the baby's worth $10,000, right? He pays for the unborn baby $10,000. But you would have paid $1,000 at the, for the hospital, for the midwife. I'm only going to give you nine because you saved that now. <laughs> it sounds strange to us. It's like, you know, I stole your car. I shouldn't have to pay, you know, the full value of the car. After all, you don't have to pay the insurance for the car now. <laughs> you know, like, that's what it sounds like. But do you, do, you, do you go with this idea that you can deduct for that? So Rabiosi says you deduct because of midwife. And as I says, you deduct when a woman is in, uh, in labor, you have to give her more food. That was, I guess it was common they give her more food. Probably today they give less food. I don't know. They give her more food. The one who says, because the Mazonas, everybody has to get Mazonas. That you knock off that you deduct for the cost of the Mazonas. In other words, you avoid it. I just avoided mid midwifery, right? You don't have to give her, uh, you know, she doesn't have to go through childbirth. So you don't have to give her more food. 
that certainly is a, a real deduction. He says the one deduction for the midwife. I don't know if they midwife. Issa Didi, my wife, she's very smart. In other words, she knows how to give birth. There are women who give birth without a midwife, right? Sometimes it's just him. So I, I wouldn't have had to pay for that. Yeah, what? Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. That uh, Ayotena. Ayotena, That's right. They're they're like uh, they're they they don't they they don't need any help, right? Very good, right? So um, so he says. Uh, but again, he, even if you say that you know, he says, look, I saved you that money. You don't have to pay that money. So these rabbis, whether it's Ben Aze or Yossi, who says you know you deduct the cost of the midwife, you cost the cost of the food, uh, they they take that into consideration. Not everybody does, obviously. These shitas are shitas yachid. Not everybody holds that way. Most people wouldn't say that way. It's like saying, I stole your car, so I don't, I saved you the money. You don't have to pay the insurance for the car. You know, it's ridiculous, you know, so you don't take any consideration. Now, the more is like sort of summarizing now that we passed him like Rav Nachman who said that you do when you, uh, when you, when you, uh, an animal destroy, hurts your field, it damages your field. You don't look at the, uh, at the uh, kilo of uh, strawberries that he destroyed that he ate. I'm talking about when he when he did it on purpose, not where he fell in by accident, where you only pay the value of the lunch that you would have given him, whatever uh, fodder you would have given him. No, when the animal went in there through your negligence and he destroyed uh, some uh, a kilo of strawberries, you don't figure the retail cost of the strawberries. You figure what they would have been worth in a field that was sixty times that, including the field, and you and you uh, you uh, estimated accordingly. So the loss is not as great as it would have been at the retail level. And that's what a Papa and Rafuna Paskin very sure that he did a Maisa Paskin like with Nachman, showing that Allah is like with Nachman, which it is. Some say Rapapa Rafuna Bay Rishua Shamadikla Gafkina when a man destroyed somebody else's um tree. And you figure it out according to not only the tree, but the land underneath it, according to the small piece of land around it. If you're talking about a inexpensive tree and you destroy the tree, you figure out the land with it, because an inexpensive tree is not doesn't have its own value, it's only with the land, so you pay with the land underneath. We had a mice on yesterday's stop where a man lost a tree, and he went, he went to the Ektolark, and he passed well, he passed that uh, <coughs> there are three trees there, they're worth $100, so you pay for each one $33, 33 and chain, 33 and third, meaning you look at the cost of the tree, and when he passed when he passed that way, <coughs> there was a man who uh, cut on somebody else's tree. He said, oh, you're not passing to me like a Persian rule. Yes, but if it's a Persian tree, it is worth more money. If it's an expensive tree, you just figure out the cost of the tree. You don't figure out what's worth according, you know, including the land. Rashi says the last words of Rashi on the page, and it's, and it's uh, assessed by itself. Eliezer is the era. Eliezer, that was his name. Eliezer, the, the smaller, the uh, sh- the, uh, uh, the the young, probably the, the young young Eliezer. Avisai misane uchme. He put on some black shoes. Black was a sign of mourning. But quite b'shukat ardor, and he stood in the market, and then in that market in ardor. Ashkud be'ashkulusa. The people of the Exilarch's house, the officers of Exilarch's house. The Exilarch, Exilarch was uh, the head of the Jewish, you know, the the let's call it the temporal head of the Jewish community. In exile, like you know, like a president in exile. Not necessarily they weren't. They were many times in conflict with the rabbis, right? They uh, they were more like the Rosh Mem Shalah. They found them. Maishna, I said, "What are you wearing these black shoes for?" Amalu, he told them. Amalu, 
I'm in mourning for Yushalayim. Mourning Yushalayim. Now, that was considered, you know, arrogant to walk around like somebody walked around today with a torn shirt, you know, like he's in a bailus. He's saying, oh, what happened? Somebody died? I'm mourning for Yushalayim. We consider that a little bit of um, yeah. arrogance to, to talk that way. Like, oh, you're such a great person. You think you're in mourning. What about the rest of us, you know? You're so you're so important, and uh, uh, you know that you could you you could mourn through Shalim more than us. They thought that this was arrogance. they took him a chavshu and they and they imprisoned him, they incarcerated him for acting like a big shot. I'm a great man. I'm a great man. You shouldn't treat me that way. How would we know? I'm a little. His name is Ira. Yeah, I call him. Yeah. I'm very modest. Look who thinks he's so modest, right? Um, I'm like, how do we know that you're so great? I'm a little, oh, I told him, you know, so ask me any question. Oh, I know, I'll ask you a question. Uh, whatever you want, whatever you please. You, you know, you choose or I'll choose. I'll show you who's smart. I'm like, you ask us. I'm like, I'm on the cutscope of a man cut down somebody else's unripe uh, date. It's like, you know, half-grown date. What does he pay? You pay for the value of a whole a date, uh, the value of the, of the date, uh, the way it is now. It's a half. You 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 cut down a half a half grown date. Pay for a half grown date. I've a tamri, but it, like we talked about at the beginning, Rabbi right? And basically, uh, and Rabbi Shmuel, you pay according to the date it would have grown. If you would have left it on the tree another uh, week or two, it would have been fully grown. So why should you get away with paying for a half grown date? On Mule, they say, right, Misham to Tamri. So they say, okay, pay the full value of a full, fully grown date. But he didn't take a date. He took a half grown date. How do you end that? So tell us what's the rule. You figure what a field would have been worth. Shishim. Again, if it's a half grown date. Again, not like, this is not like um, Rabbi Yoshua and Rabbi Shimon ben Yehuda, who said the name of Shimon, that you pay the full value if it's half grown. When, like the original opinion that uh, you look at the whole field, you pay 60 times, you pay going to a failure, 60 times. If, if the whole field was, was uh, eat whatever he ate, you figure 60 times that. And if, and if a person would be, be buying a field 60 times that, how much would he deduct for what you ate? That would be a much smaller amount. Who says like you, where do you get this from? Amalu Shmuel is still alive. And his, and his uh, bez and his cord is still uh, is still around. Shadokim and Shmuel, they sent the question to Shmuel. Amaluka Shmuel, of course, was the chief rabbi of Nardal. Amaluhu, Shafrik Amaluhu, and uh, he told them, Shmuel answered, yes, he told you the right. Bashishim, he do shets up, Bashishim, Bashafku, and they let him go. They released him from jail. So, just again, this idea that's confirming that that's the halacha, that you go according to Shishim, you go according to Shishim, unless it's fully grown. In other words, if Shimon said it, the Mishif is fully grown. And you, even if it's still on the tree, you pay a full full value, full retail value, let's say. Others said, we said Rabbi Shua and Rabbi Shmuel, and others say that you pay, uh, even if it's half grown, you pay full value. Uh, where does the shishim come from? The, the amount? It's just a, it's a shear that the Rabbanan figured that would be a good thing. Uh, you know, it's, it's not, they're not the same as bottle bashishim. I don't think there's this far. There's this far that that's a good, that's, that, you know, that's an average way to figure out the, the, the diminished value of what you ate, how much would that diminish in a, in a larger field the size of Shishim? 
We and the Gemara Yesus Gemara says saw b'shishim or takah b'shishim or klach b'shishim, but the halacha is like kiskia that it's it's that it's klach b'shishim, even a klach b'shishim, whatever whatever you weigh, you figure sixty times that on a field. And Rav Nachman confirmed that in the when he passed like Rav Nachman and Shmuel passed that way as well. Shimon Omer Omer. Um, if you ate completed fruits, even if they're still on the tree, you pay that amount. My time, this is as Hashem said that that you figure out based on the field. Again, it doesn't answer your question, Michael. Where do you get the sixty from? The Rabbanon figured that shear. It's like a shear, you know. It's a you could say it's a lachamosh misina, but there's arguments about that, right? And of course, are usually a lachal mosh misinai. But it, 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 some of it's uh, rabbanan. For example, this we say no santam. The rabbanan said no santam is 60. That's not necessarily a shear like kazayas or kabetza. That's what we think of a shear. This was about shisha, was probably a lachal rabbanan. So if you ever say, that's something that needs the field, meaning it's not fully grown. Honey, even but if it's fully grown, if it's still on the tree but it's fully grown, honey, keep it They don't need the field anymore because they could be picked right now. Uh, you got to pay the way they are right now. So if you have fully grown uh, strawberries or apples or whatever it is, even if they're still on the tree, you pay the full grown amount. That's what Shimon says. We pass like that too. Don Rav he says like this: so Rameyer Paskin, like like Rameyer, uh, Rav Paskin, like Rameyer, in a certain case, even though he argues with Rebuta, and usually in Machlokes Rebuta, we go like Rebuta. He's going to give us that case in a minute. That's really not related to us here now. But he said that that uh, Rav Paskin, uh, Paskin the Halacha, like Rameyer, in the case that we're going to describe in a minute, Pasuk Hilchas Shimon, and he Paskin like the Halacha like Shimon in our case, which we're going to see, and Tosos Paskins that way too. That's the Rach, that's the Halacha. Um, and we pass in like Rabbi Shimon if it's fully grown, not if it's not fully grown. If it's not fully grown, Rabbi Shua says, Yeah, you still pay the full amount. We don't necessarily pass in that way. What's this halacha that Rav Paskin, uh, Don, he judged the case like Rameyer and he passed in halacha like Rabbi Tanya. Here's the case a man had a ksuba for his wife, right? And he said, You're going to collect the ksuba from so and so. I have this field, the one field. You could take that's going to be your field. That's your two hundred dollars or whatever it is. You know, whatever the ksuba's amount of ksuba, you can collect from this field. Then he went and he tried to sell the field to somebody else. Somebody else. Now, if he tried to sell the field to somebody else, she would lose it, right? But sometimes she didn't want to make a fight in the family, so she would sign it. She would say, "Okay, I agree." But she could claim later on when he divorces her or he dies. This isn't. I was just trying to be nice to my husband. I didn't want to ruin our marital, uh, you know, relationship. So that's a good argument. However, well, let's say he sold it, tried to sell to one guy, and she didn't confirm that. She didn't sign on that. Cost of Luritian, he tried to sell to Reuben, let's say. Belochasma, she wouldn't sign that. Belochasma. Then she tried, then he tried to sell it to Shimon to somebody else. Belochasma, and she signed that. That she did sign. Of the Ksubasa, the Vermeer, so she lost her Ksuba. Because what's her claim? Her claim is, I was just trying to be nice to him. If you're trying to be nice to him, then you would have signed the first one. Why did you not sign the first one? And you did sign the second one. The answer is you didn't mind selling it to the second one. So it's sold. And she lost her. She lost the ability to collect that money from that field. She can't collect it from that field. She could still say, I was just trying to be nice to my husband. What do you want from me? I was just trying to be nice to him. 
But the mayor says that's not a good argument. If you're just trying to be nice to your husband, you should have signed over the first time that he tried to sell it. The first time you said, you said, I'm not selling it. No, I don't agree. Then the second time you do agree, that shows that you really did agree. Huh? Yeah, I mean, this buyer she liked. This buyer she liked, right. But she was willing to give it up. Exactly. That's, the, that's his argument. You didn't like the first guy. So why did you agree to the second guy? So you like the second guy? Fine. That you, meant to, that you didn't mind giving it up. If you really meant to keep for exhibit, you wouldn't have agreed to either one. If you agreed to, to the first one, then the argument you made, I was just trying to be nice to him, but I didn't really want to give it up. So then everybody would agree that she still has a claim on the, on the uh, property. But her mayor says if she didn't agree to sell the first to the first guy, she did agree to the second guy, too bad. She's lost it now. So there, Rav Paskin like her mayor. And then Hilchasik Rav Shimon, our case, if, if she ate or the animal ate uh, completed fruits, fruits that were totally ripe, you pay for that they were ripe. Whatever it is. He just used this case of saw saw because before if they weren't ripe. He said you figure it out according to what a saw is worth 60 times in that whole cheshman. That's how I said before. But over here, uh, if the ripe, if the fruits are fully uh, fully ripened, even though they're still on the tree and the animal ate them, then you certainly would uh, you would pay for whatever uh, pay for whatever damage. If the fruits were already picked and sitting in a in a basket, of course he'd pay. That's direct. There's no question there. The other point is. And even though they're still on the tree, but if they're fully ripened, they're considered as if they're plucked already, and you'd be and you'd have to pay uh, the full amount. Let's say I made a stack, I made a pile of grain or fruits, whatever, in somebody else's field. He didn't give me permission. The owner of the field ate my ate my pile, so uh, it's not his fault. Potter, of course, the owner of the field is Potter. You came into my field. You put your fruits or your stack in my field of wheat, or grain, or whatever, and my animal ate it up. What do you want from me? You put it here. You had no permission to leave here. In Huskuba, not only that, if my animal got damaged by your stuff, he slipped on him or something like that. The owner of the the owner of the of the stack is chayev. Of course, we had that argument before. If my animal got sickened by by eating it, he didn't have to eat it. But if he slipped on, he got hurt by it. If I was allowed, I, I allowed you to bring my stuff in there, and then it got damaged, right? Then then I am responsible. So the Gemara says, Lamatan look, Rebbe, we had before Rebbe says, when I say you can put your stuff in my field, it doesn't mean I'm going to guard it. I just meant that you can put your stuff in my field. So why do we say that if you put your stuff in my field and my animals ate it up, that I have to pay? Why do you say it says, but didn't Rebbe say before that that's only if I specifically say, yes, I will guard it. The is not unless he accepted upon himself that he's going to guard it. Here we're talking about the, the guard of all the barns, all the granaries in the area. As soon as they coming in, in other words, it was the custom that everybody would put their feet, all, their piles in one, body, in one person's field. So if the owner of the field said, okay, Put it in my field. He meant to say. He meant to say here that uh, put it here and I'll guard it. But normally, if you just say, "Can you put your stuff in my field?" and I say, "Put it there," yeah, you can put it there. Doesn't mean I'm going to guard it unless I said specifically I'm going to guard it. Now the pasuk says in uh, in uh, Perik Chavbeis uh, in Shmos, he say say ish. If a fire goes out, umatzah kotsim nechudarish. You have to pay, right? If you if you if you lay out if you send out a fire. Uh, you have to pay for the damages. So, 
Let's say I send a fire. Now we're going to talk about what does it mean by fire? Uh, are we talking about just simply a coal, a hot coal? What are we talking about? So tomorrow is going to explain this. From the mission, we can't see it. If I send the fire in the hands of a chayushet for cotton, I'm sort of responsible. God's going to owe me, but I only gave him a coal. The kid went, then he blew it, then he, he fanned it, then he did something with it, and he really made the fire. I, I'm not really directly responsible. That's a grama. And therefore, I'm part of the beginning of If I send it in the hands of a, gave it to a normal person, if, 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 if he burnt, burnt down somebody's field with the coal that I gave him, obviously, the person that I sent this chayv, he was the one that did it. Or let's say one person came someplace with a fire. And the fire wouldn't have caused any damage. And then a guy followed him in, brought the wood in. The one who brought the, the wood is chayev because he caused the fire. Otherwise, the fire wouldn't have done any damage. Let's say the guy with the wood was there first. In other words, if the fire destroyed the wood, well, you know, the the, the guy who, if the fire destroyed the, the wood, if it was the person's with the fire's fault because he brought the fire afterwards and he's high or if together they did the damage again person who caused it the fire without wood wouldn't have done anything and the wood with uh, and the wood without the fire wouldn't have done anything so who who, who caused it after the person who came in second another person came and he fanned this coal the one who fanned it is high because he caused the fire if the wind caused it then everybody's parts are because uh, nobody would have done it. We'll see what the Gemara is talking about, where it's like a rule, Shein and Mitsuya. All of a sudden, a tremendous wind came that couldn't have been anticipated. This is what we say that your potter, if you gave your fire to the it's only if you gave him a coal, believe in, and the kid fanned it. If you gave him really a, a flame, literally a flame, then you're high, my time, massive gumbelo. You're massive cause it. You gave him a flame. Now, obviously, you gave it to a if you gave your flame to an irresponsible kid, and it's a, it's burning right now, you're responsible. Even if you gave him a flame, it's part of my timer. Had the kid dropped the fire right there, the, the flame right on the sidewalk, nothing would have happened. Here was the handling of the cherish of the of the uh, the the, uh, uh, the irresponsible person that you gave it to that caused it to happen. Until you give him wood, uh, thorns like that's going to burn, silta, the chips that are going to like the uh, matches, sharga, and the and the flame. You only actually gave him the whole fire, like you gave mamish a whole fire that's going to walk around with it. But if you gave him a flame that would have this that would have got extinguished on its own, and the kid blew it up, and it's not your fault directly. The body If you gave him everything, you know, as so you gave him, you gave him wood with the chips and the flame all together. Obviously, you caused the problem. So Amisha said, if you gave it, uh, it's, this is really not going on, it's going on the part that says, uh, if you gave, um, somebody else came, you gave one person, let's say, a coal, and that wouldn't have done anything. If somebody else came and fanned it, the one who fanned it is Chayim. So is the word Liba or Nibo? So either one of them, either, either one is correct. Says, the flame of fire, the fanning of fire, the movement of the fire. The one who created the movement of the lips. So whether you're talking about like the fanning of it, uh, which is also moving it or blowing it, or movement, it's all the same. It means the same thing. Let's say you fanned it, but the wind also fanned it. 
If you're fanning alone would have caused the fire to do the damage, you're chayev. Imlav potter. Am I? Why? Why don't you say that like winnowing? Why do you say if, if you're fanning, uh, it says, if, if you're fanning would have done it, then enough. But if your fanning would have done it together only with the wind, you fanned it a little bit and the wind came along and helped you along, then you're potter. Why? Why isn't it like on Shabbos? Melech Shabbos is winnowing. How did they winnow? They took the stuff and they threw it up. They threw the grain up in the air. The wind blew apart the chaff from the good part. Why? So over there, you're chayev on Shabbos. So why do you say over here, if I if I blew it together with the wind, I'm potter. If my blowing alone would have caused the fire, then I'm chayev. But if it was together with the wind, I'm why isn't it like Zohar Ruch Masayasa that you're chayev on Shabbos? Four answers. You blew it in one direction, the wind blew it in the other direction. The wind really caused the damage because it blew it the other way. It wasn't helping you, it wasn't aiding you. <laughs> you were just doing it in a way that it wouldn't have done much. It was just in a regular wind. And the wind was much stronger here. It wasn't like you did it together with the wind. Your blowing was very little, right? That your your little wind that you that that when you started to do it wouldn't have done anything. All of a sudden a big wind came and that caused it. That's really the issue here. You just blew a little bit, like you're blowing on your hands. You blew a little bit, that wouldn't have caused a fire. The real fire came from the uh from the from the ruach, and therefore it's not like you did it together with the ruach. The ruach was like 99%, you were one percent. Babashi Omar gives a real Swardic answer. Why did you throw up in the air? Because you wanted to do the winning and together with the wind help you. But over here, you were simply an indirect cause. The real the wind blew it, right? You helped the wind along a little bit. We're not measuring if it's 1% or 5% or whatever. Here's yours was only a grumma. And only an, uh, an indirect damage. And when it comes to the Zikin, that's Potter. On Shabbos, that's Melechus Mashabbos, because you have Kavana to do a proper Melacha. So several answers, but the basic idea is that when it comes to, uh, if the Ruach blew it, it was really the Ruach that caused it, not your own blowing that caused the fire. All right, we'll pick up here tomorrow for the mission. Have a good day, everybody. Shavuot Tov. Shavuot Tov.